Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, the 2022, excuse me, 2024 election cycle is uh, heating up fast and furious. And of course, whenever you're tracking elections, it's always a good idea to follow the money. It's usually where you can see how things are beginning to take shape. Uh, and often that happens in the form of, of super PAC money, fundraising, candidate selection. Uh, Audrey Falberg is a reporter for the Dispatch covering Congress and campaigns. Had a great piece in the Dispatch uh, talking about Club for Growth as they preview their Senate playbook uh, rolling into the 2024 cycle. And uh, Audrey, great piece, great depth in there. And so give us the high level first. Uh, For those who aren't as familiar with Club for Growth, give us a a little perspective of their history and uh, where they seem to be headed as we roll into 2024. Sure, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Um, Club for Growth is an organization. It's an anti-tax conservative organization in D.C. that gets really heavily involved in Republican primaries. Um, they, uh, you know, have really liked hardline conservative anti-tax kind of aligned conservatives for quite some time. Um, they they notably came out against. Uh, they're not just involved in Senate and House primaries, but also uh, will play heavily in the presidential race. They came out against Trump in 2016, but then uh, ended up getting behind him after he won the nomination. They made news last week um, when they said that they're trying to court other GOP hopefuls in their bid to kind of push Trump out of the party. But um, as you mentioned, they're getting very heavily involved in Senate races again this cycle. They spent about $38.5 million last cycle, and they often uh, kind of clash with what they call establishment uh, super PACs in D.C., so that means that sometimes they clash with uh, McConnell and the NRSC. Um, but one of the most interesting races, and then we can get into some of the battleground races that they're looking at this cycle, um, that they really got involved early in Indiana. Uh, kind of makes sense because the Club for Growth president is David McIntosh, former Indiana congressman. Right. Um, but they jumped in early on Jim Banks' behalf. Um, he's a congressman from Indiana uh, running for retiring Senator Mike Braun's seat. Uh, Mitch Daniels is really looking, the former Governor Mitch Daniels is looking at the race. Um, but, you know, you know Club for Growth uh, pushed out this ad in Indiana saying that if Daniels did run, that they'd put a lot of money behind banks and it would be a tough race. Um, So that's, I think, some Republicans, even those who maybe were looking to support Daniels, were kind of breathing sighs of relief because Indiana is a really red-leaning state, and there was some drama over where money was spent last cycle, so they're hoping to use as many resources as they can in battleground states. Yeah, and before we get to those... Yeah, and before we get to those battleground states, uh, I, I love that you you called out. I think some things that were beyond the headlines, as you guys always do at the dispatch, uh, and that is in the in the battle for the speakership, the speaker of the house race with Kevin McCarthy. Uh, one of the things that Club for Growth was really after uh, was to keep. Uh, Kevin McCarthy and his pack uh, out of a lot of these races, especially uh, in these primaries. Yeah, that was a really fascinating development Development that I think kind of came to a lot of people's surprise in Washington. Um, the Club for Growth um, has really clashed with um, the, the McCarthy-aligned congressional leadership fund for quite some time, just over getting really involved in open Republican um, kind of safe primaries. Um, there was a lot of tension over this one district in Texas, Morgan Latrell, but there were a lot of other um, districts like Andy Ogles and Anna Paulina Luna, Eric Burleson were three of these, um, you know, newly elected Republicans who ended up voting against McCarthy 
originally, but, you know, once the congressional leadership fund kind of agreed with the Club for Growth not to get involved in open, safe primaries next cycle, they kind of finally got on board and voted for McCarthy. Um, Of course, there are a lot of other concessions at play there as well. Um, Whether or not uh, McCarthy-aligned super PACs end up actually staying out of those primaries is an open (laughs) question because there are some loopholes, it seems, to get around that. But. Yeah, I think there's definitely some loopholes in there, and that will be the uh, ultimate test. Uh, which I would not take that bet if it were if it were just up to me. Uh, tell, <laughs> tell me about some of the uh, the candidates that they are looking at in uh, places where uh, Republicans feel like they have a chance. Places like Montana and West Virginia. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Absolutely, yeah. So last cycle was really fascinating because, um, you know, there was a lot of uh, introspection after, you know, it seemed like a really great year for Republicans, a great cycle. There's so much focus on inflation, um, the border, crime, and Republicans still lost and weren't able to flip a single Democrat-held seat. Um, A lot of that came down to candidate quality, according to a lot of folks. Um, And so I think with so many seats open in 2024, only 11 Republicans are up, 23 Democrats are up. Um, but the Club for Growth really is looking to, and a lot of Republican super PACs are putting their primary focus first on the three Democrat-held Senate seats that are um, states Trump carried by significant margins in 2020. Those are Montana and West Virginia and Ohio. Um, Montana is particularly interesting because uh, Matt Rosendale, one of the McCarthy holdouts who He's a current member representing Montana in the House. He initially voted against McCarthy. Um, Club for Growth uh, backed him during his last um, Senate matchup against John Tester. He ended up losing by 3.5 points. Um, He has not declared that he's going to challenge Tester again, but uh, Club for Growth President David McIntosh preemptively said that they'll back him if he does decide to throw his hat in the ring, which is pretty interesting considering, yeah. uh, you know, there are a lot of other folks who are probably going to run. Um, Ryan Zinke, uh, another Montana congressman and Trump's former secretary of the interior is reportedly looking at it. So is the attorney general. Um, West Virginia also really interesting because um, Alex Mooney, who the club for growth backed, he's a Republican house member in West Virginia. He's, declared he's going to run against Manchin. Um, They're either going to choose between him or the attorney general. Um, Jim Justice is also reportedly looking at it. Um, And he's kind of considered more of a a moderate who the Club for Growth is really 
not eager to have him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so interesting to just to see how these uh, fights are going to shape up as we start marching our way towards uh, 2024. Anything else that you, uh, you kind of have your eye on in these uh, early months uh, where they really start kind of honing that playbook, especially as it relates to the Senate? Absolutely. I think it's just worth watching, um, you know, keeping that club for growth deal with the congressional leadership in mind, how much the club for growth does clash with McConnell's alliance, the McConnell Alliance Senate leadership fund um, this cycle in the NRSC. Um, you know, in Indiana, club for growth got its way with Jim Banks, um, you know, Trump and the NRSC ended up getting behind Banks. So there's this kind of party unity on that front. Um, but the club for growth did clash with Senate leadership fund in at least a couple of races last cycle. Um, you know, Mo Brooks, he ran for Senate in Alabama. He ended up losing pretty badly to Katie Britt, who was clearly McConnell's preferred candidate. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that shapes up. Another yeah. race that I'm watching closely is Michigan. Yeah. Um, no real declared candidates on the Republican side for retiring Democratic Senator Debbie Stabenowski. It looks like Alyssa Slotkin is um, gearing up for a bid in the next couple of weeks. Um, she's a really you know, strong fundraiser, has a lot of centrist appeal. Um, so the Club for Growth president kind of said that they might sit back and let that one play out because mm-hmm. Michigan's going to be harder to flip. Um, but we're, we're watching that race closely. Uh, great stuff. Great reporting, as always. Audrey Falberg is a reporter for The Dispatch, covering Congress and campaigns. Audrey, thanks for joining us today. And that wraps up hour number one of Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Stick around. We'll be back for more after Top of the Hour News. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on the KSL News Radio app and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news.